You're listening to Great Mother Speaks. Great Mother Speaks. I am Great Mother, Holy Spirit, Yin, Divine Mother, Cosmic Moon, Deep Space, the Moon, Dark Matter, the Void. Well, hello, hello, hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. I am really excited about this topic, and I hope you might find it to be exciting, too. Um, What does love feel like? You know, um, it's one of those ineffable things, right? We can't really define love. You know, it's kind of like the fish in the ocean can the fish describe the water type of scenario you know it's kind of like uh we try we try but words just cannot um you know do justice you know when we really feel it it's like how can you describe it the best we can do is um you know there's agape love you know there's all sorts of um in every language, there's a word for love, you know. Um, but how does that feel is really is really what's important, especially when you're talking about mama drama trauma. Um, it's something that I don't know. You might want to inform me about because. I've been kind of working with this and working this out with people. And it's really interesting, especially now, right? Because we feel so little of it, you know, a lot of times um, during this particular time in our history, you know, with everything that's going on. And when it really gets down to it, those corny sayings about love, you know, it's really true. Love is all that matters, you know, in the end. But what is it? I think it would help us to have some frame of reference for it. Um, I'm Tammy Taylor. I'm an inner work life coach. I specialize in mama drama trauma, a condition in which the mother projects unhealed aspects of herself onto her child, causing emotional and or physical trauma. MDT is no one's fault. It is a generational cycle. It's a family pathology. It is a way that we learn to share love from generation to generation. And what we've learned about the mother archetype over the millennia is that there are three basic archetypes and I've already talked a lot in previous recordings already about the basic function and the role of the mother and that sort of thing but tonight I really want to get to the heart of it I really want to get to the heart of what love feels like because what happens not just with mama drama trauma, but in all relationships, which are ongoing processes of mirroring ourselves one against the other, one into the other, one within the other, whatever preposition you want to use, it is the relationship, the bonding with another. And that relationship, how we are relating to another soul, is 
a bond that we share and sometimes over many lifetimes in order to refine a certain aspect of our soul that needs development and all of us are experts in something and we tend to attract you know souls that we've worked with especially with mama drama trauma that are experts in shall we say pushing our buttons and those buttons needing to be pushed in order for us to evolve in self-love and spiritual independence and so What love feels like in any relationship is what it feels like specifically to us. So if we're talking about what we need in our relationships in order to be healthy, happy, and whole, we're talking about a feeling of presence from the person. We are talking about a sense of there being a mutual provision of either material or emotional support that facilitates the relationship, that fuels the relationship, that provision. And we're also talking about protection because we're talking about trust and we can't have trust in anyone, including ourselves, if we don't feel safe within ourselves or with another. And so these three Ps, which I am always sharing, are the fundamental things that we need as we incarnate, as we take our first breaths, until about age seven on a consistent daily basis, a pouring in of that. And what happens when we don't have that for whatever reason, mama drama trauma is no one's fault. People have to work. People have to fulfill their own sense of feeling loved. Everybody has their own unique perspective and experience of love based on what we are incarnated as, and that is our snapshot of our birth chart, the planetary positions, exactly where they were as our heads emerged from our mother's womb. Where was the moon? Was it in Aquarius? Was the moon on that day in Scorpio? Was it a full moon? Was it a crescent moon? Was Mercury retrograde? What sign was it in? Mercury's retrograde right now in the Jewish in Virgo in tropical astrology in Libra. Where was this soul? What part, where in the planet, at what time, you know? Where on the horizon was the sun in relationship to that location? We are divine beings. And when we incarnate, that is registered cosmically. And so what does that registration stamp say about what I brought into this life? That will tell you right there how I experience love. Where my Venus, my moon, Saturn, Jupiter is going to tell you all about that. It's going to tell you all about how I feel about love and relationships, my seventh house, all that. It's going to tell you all that, all that. And we don't have this information because it's only until recent times that the, ma- the 
the general population has had access to the secrets of the ages, you know. Um, and this is for various reasons, mainly because of access to information. And so we can know all of this stuff now, and we can know what our child came in this world with, and we can know what we came in this world with, and what our challenges are in feeling protected. You know, some of us are just born very, very with the, with the sense of just not being safe in the world. And no matter what a loving mother does, that will not be satiated. It will not be satiated. And that has nothing to do with the mother doing anything wrong. But the mother will beat herself up because I'm not doing something right, I'm not doing something right, not having this information. What does love feel like for Scorpio moon, for Sagittarius moon? Moon is how we feel, our memory. Everybody knows about the sun sign because most people know about tropical Western astrology, which is solar based, based on great father energy, the physical, okay? And so we know our sun sign, but we don't know that emotional, that mother, that great mother energy within us, which is how we know what love feels like uniquely to us and for us. If you have Aries moon, love to you is fast. It comes in, it's quick, it's, it's spontaneous. You know, it, it, you're always learning something new. You're always going someplace new. That feels like love to an Aries moon, depending on how other planets are aspected with it and that sort of thing. But numerologically as well we can look at life path and all of that to determine how love feels so without that we can also make an assessment with some mindful reflection and that kind of mindfulness is the kind of mindfulness that we often do not have with mama drama trauma um, even though the majority of people I have worked with with MDT are highly sensitive people HSP and empathic um, the ability to really know how one feels within themselves has been limited it has been blocked. It has been um, um, retarded. The development of it has been retarded because the focus of that sensitivity has been on survival in an abandoning or abusive situation. That is how a highly sensitive person often experiences a relationship with a mother that is not present emotionally. And for whatever reason, what she came in the world with, her chart, although mama drama trauma is a cycle, we can see through these family lines and through these blood lines certain telltale signs and characteristics, and I've shared those in previous episodes, the 15 telltale signs of mama drama trauma. And so we have these behaviors for different reasons, 
based on our own unique cosmic calculus. But the bottom line is family lines tend to have an absence of presence. That's been my cycle. Okay, the mothers haven't been present because all the way back to slavery, you're taking care of somebody else's baby and that's just the way it's been. You know, how a seed is planted is how the plant grows. And that is part of the entire cultural trauma of African-Americans. And we can go to every group of people on the planet, even the people that came over on the Mayflower. They were traumatized from their mother land, the mother country basically said, we don't care how you say you're going to be worshiping God. If you are not going to be worshiping King Henry VIII, the head of the Church of England, see ya, or you may be hanged. Make a choice. And so that's a kind of trauma too. And so what does love feel like to someone who has that kind of trauma. Well, it feels like I'm being protected. You know, when I'm protected, when I'm safe, when I'm in an environment that I'm not being challenged, my presence is is being warmly welcomed, Um, I'm wanted in that place, even to the degree of fanaticism. Because that type of environment many times are these very, um, you know, devout kind of groups that have, you know, this line that you have to toe and everybody has to believe the same thing. Those things can be very attractive when we have motherland MDT, you know, because it's kind of like you are rerouting yourself in a new environment that is going to love and take care of you, that is going to, you know, um, respect who you are and and love you. That's what love feels like. For someone who does not feel protected, that kind of goes hand in hand with motherland, kind of empty tea. If if you don't feel protected, of course... um, Okay, we were just talking about that. Yeah, that goes with the motherland MDT is protection. Presence is what I'm thinking. If we don't feel that people are present with us, we feel lonely, okay? With MDT, that's like the first telltale sign. It's just this consistent and persistent loneliness, and you just really don't connect with other people. And again, that goes back to many times highly sensitive people, empathic people have this real guttural sense of, I do not fit in. And it's not because I don't want to fit in. I'm highly sensitive. I really, really care about people and I love people. But because I care about people and I love people so much, I am not the norm. And I can tell life is showing me all the time that that is not the way it goes. And so, um, because that's not the way it goes and you have all of this love and care in your heart you have to protect yourself and so as a result you don't feel the presence of other people because you're always putting these blocks up and that's what love feels like to you you know it feels like 
I have all the space that I need to breathe. I'm not around threatening high energy individuals who may hurt me because of their insensitivity, you know. And so love feels like someone's giving me space to breathe. You know, it feels like some I, I can be with myself and it's okay with other people. I'm not being hassled about it. A lot of times, um, empathic people can be really hassled about that, especially in large families. And it's, it's something to manage. So we have the protection, the presence, and the provision. Obviously, if that is where we have lacked in our formative years, that's always something we look for. And I kind of do that one last because that's always the most obvious. Everybody is getting that cake up, you know, that money up and all of this kind of thing. And um, that's important in life to be self-sufficient. But it's almost on the level of worship you know, of money worship. And um, that goes along with, that's what love feels like. If you grow up without not really having that provision or that provision is the only kind of love you know. You grew up with a lot of provision. And so if you don't have that, you know, life feels really hard. It feels really harsh. And so life feels loving when I have everything and not just my basic needs but I have everything and of course um, prosperity and abundance and um, you know I teach on divinity identity um, on my my clubhouse Um, you know that is absolutely what we are here to be and to do and to but when we're doing that without a real sense of why we're doing that, we don't really get to feel any love deeper than that. That's the only problem with that. That's the only problem with that because it always comes up. It always eventually comes up. You know, it eventually comes up and it, and it tends to come up, you know, you know, where, when it should. Those painful times when we go through divorce, you know, when we are estranged from um, someone that we love very deeply and it's over some uh, material thing, you know, alone or, um, you know, some item, <clears throat> excuse me being given or not given or, or business transaction. And these are important relationships. These are important soul lessons and negotiations. It's not, I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination, these are not experiences to be had. Oh, absolutely not. I am saying the reverse. We're actually here to have those experiences. It's just that we can have them with not as much pain you know, with not as much struggle. And we don't have to have them with as much hurt, you know, but but yes, absolutely, we're going to have them. So what does love feel like? It often, truth be told, feels like our wires are crossed as a result of all of that, doesn't it? 
I mean, it really does feel like, okay, so, all right, I can kind of vibe with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different ways that we love and that we feel love and whatever. But what is the problem if I'm communicating that to a person, especially, you know, I'm doing my my darndest <laughs> to, you know, make that clear. What happens is we don't really know to that kind of specificity that that is the kind of love that we need, you know. And sometimes it's hard for us to know to that specificity because we do not go deeply enough in that situation. So let's say, for example, you know, we have someone who, you know, has grown up since we were just talking about having everything that you want materially. And maybe not everything you want, but the love was shown, especially from the mother, not so much in her presence because she had to work or was otherwise occupied. Um, and so that wasn't going to happen. And not because of protection, because I was abused and things happened to me because she wasn't present. Uh, my love was received from the provision. And so I got a lot of things, a lot of things. So let's say that's the scenario. And so that's fine to communicate that to a significant other. But this is why we replicate and perpetuate our MDT cycle in our lives and to our children. And it's a family cycle is because we don't realize that we are communicating the same thing that we never did receive. You know, I, I need you to take care of this financial thing I need you to you know uh, buy this and to do this and to and to make all of these um, material things happen for me because that's how I experienced life growing up not making that connection that you know the big gifts at Christmas and and all those things we're really really grateful for but that's not the point the point is that's how we feel loved but we have to recognize that in order to realize that's really not love. That's not what we're needing right now. What we're needing right now is to recognize that wire is being crossed with being loved. Because whoever we're dealing with they are loving us the best way they can love us too. And so maybe that's not their whole thing about provision. Maybe their whole thing is protection. And their whole thing is making sure that you have things that make you, you secure. You know, not so much that we have a new patio for the spring, but that we have a security system for the home. And so instead of investing the funds in that, there's a big blow up about investing in the security system. You know, it's like, well, what is that about? And so we start to see where those wires are crossed and what love is feeling like for the other person. And that that is how they are expressing their love because that's what love means to them. And 
I want to have this beautiful patio because I want to deck it out with all these beautiful things because that's what love feels like to me. It feels like provision, that there's plenty, that there's abundance. And once we recognize that with self-love and compassion and inner child nurturing and understanding, then we can expand our experience and our perspective of love beyond that and go into other areas. You know, um, at this particular point, if anyone would like to join, you can. If you like to say hi or anything like that, okay, that's fine. We can continue talking about what love feels like. Um, wires crossed, okay? And so we can go years and years and years and decades and decades with our, wi- with our wires crossed between actually being loved by someone the way that they love us in their limited way because they haven't looked at this stuff either but it's how the the point is appreciating that they are expressing love and to understand where that's coming from just based on understanding the three p's you know of mothering and understanding that that is what our mother has done and continues to do and that's what all of our relationships are doing and so we can always up the ante on that wire from others and what love feels like to us because a lot of times what will end up happening when we're really not in touch with what love feels like for us is that because we don't know we'll have this really kind of superficial um, idea of what it should be. You know, it has to fit into a particular picture, a particular scenario, a particular situation. We're not so much concerned about, okay, I'll know it when it comes because like water is to fish in an ocean, you know, can they really define it? Can we really define love? No, not really. It's just everywhere. It's in everything. You know, it's the good and bad, the happy and sad, the joy and the pain. It's it's everything. It's the yin and the yang. You know, it's just everything. We are love. And so to understand how that is true and not just say it, Knowing how love feels really, really to you is a vulnerable space to be. And as a result, it's a very courageous place to be. Because with mama drama trauma, what we have to deal with because we have had a faltering sense of protection, provision, or presence is a disconnection with ourselves, you know. In order for a mother to mother in that way fully, she has to be mothered in that way fully. 
And in order to be mothered in that way beyond childhood, we have to really have a very strong inner practice, a very strong spirituality. Spirituality, I define it as our relationship with ourselves. Our relationship with ourselves. That's how I define spirituality. I define religion as our relationship to God, who or whatever we deem God to be. Is your God a mean God or is he a kind, benevolent God? How does that show up in your life and your spirituality? Is it true? And so Being able to connect the dots between religion and spirituality gives us an authentic practice, which I call spiritual independence. It's our own unique inner practice of connecting with what is true for us without shame, blame, or guilt, the three things that perpetuate mama drama trauma and make it impossible for people to break the cycle. Shame and blame make it impossible to break the cycle. Shame, blame, and guilt make it impossible to break the cycle. So what we have to do is align our spirituality with our daily spiritual practice, our religion, whatever that is, whatever makes sense and resonates for us. And what resonates for me, having had a lack of presence from the mother, is having a deep and present relationship with the inner divine great mother that has always been a refuge for me, the Holy Spirit. And so however we make that connection is our spirituality. And so that is the foundation of reconnecting ourselves from the trauma. Trauma is dissociation. It's soul dissociation. The soul actually kind of there's a there's a gap between uh, the physical body and the auric field with trauma. And we talk about um, blocked chakras and things of that nature that are indicators of this type of energetic rift. And so this rift is corrected through this kind of self-inquiry. What does love really feel like to me? Not what my mind immediately jumps to as what I've been told it should feel like, how it has felt in the past, but really what does it feel like to me now? Because that kind of rift from Mama Drama Trauma is a void that we typically try to feel misguidedly through addictions okay and so we have addictions and so that's just the way we roll you know drugs what's that you know that's nothing you know that that is a basic uh part of the diet of um people with mama drama trauma it is it is necessary to stop the emotional pain just make it stop for a minute. That's how painful it is. And that's how shameful 
it is for most people. Um, it's amazing how many people feel like they're the only ones who have mama drama trauma. Great mother told me when she started downloading this oracle deck that I use in my work, she, I said, great mother, now I done prayed to you about my life purpose and everything. And it's taken me 10 years to come around to accepting that you told me it was working with mama drama trauma. This is not what I was expecting. But I know, I said, if you told me my purpose, I was going to do it. <laughs> it's taken me a while. But now that you're downloading this to me, not everybody's into cards. Not everybody's into signs and symbols. I know this is the inner world and I've been with you. I'm down with it. I've been here for it since I was a child. But not everybody is there or interested in going there that has mama drama trauma. What do I need to just say to anybody who has mama drama trauma? What's the most important thing? And you know what she said to me? She said, Tammy, whoever has mama drama trauma, they need to know that they are a dearly loved divine child of the great mother, father, God, who is never judged, condemned or left alone. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. She said it just like that. You need to tell them they are dearly loved divine children, the great mother, father, God, who were never judged, condemned, or left alone. That's what you need to tell them. If they don't hear nothing else, they need to know they are dearly loved divine, divine children of the great mother, father, God. They might have daddy drama trauma too. Whatever. The, you are a dearly loved divine child of the great mother, father, God, who was never judged, condemned, or left alone. Are there consequences for our actions? It's called karma. It's called the law of... It's the third principle of... Um, of, of mechanics, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You know, I mean, it's just divine order that there are consequences. And we're just talking about some of those consequences of not really knowing what love feels like to us. But if we do know, we know that, okay, so this is really how I'm demanding love from the world. It's not just in my personal relationships, but if I feel unprotected, I am really upset if we don't have a strong military in this country. You know, I'm really upset. My motherland better protect me. You know, my mother country better protect me. If I'm aware that I'm freaking out and I'm hysterical about things like that, having health insurance and not having health insurance, you know, the provision of things, and I'm panicking about these things because those are the areas that I have unmet needs to this day. Whether I was born with those unmet needs from lifetimes and lifetimes and it's a, just a karma I have to work out 
or they were actually instilled in me through my birth mother experience. Earth mother experience? Oh my goodness. How many babies being born now are having earth mother abandonment and abuse experiences around the globe? Waters rising and this and, you know. And so this disruption, this soul dissociation when the mind is overwhelmed with just basically not being grounded, not feeling safe in the world, that kind of anxiety, it cannot be maintained. You know, it's, it's going to crack. And that's what we're witnessing right now. And so we're witnessing the effects of our addictions as well, you know, and just this need to create respite from pain, you know, pain avoidance, disconnection. But we're also, and this is what I want to kind of go into, and if anybody wants to, you know, share your experiences with this or your insights is what we're going into is more of a resilience. You know, I'm seeing people and I'm meeting people who no matter what they've been through are, have, are get, getting all this confidence, all this power, you know, this real sense of I can make it through this. And even if it's fake till we make it, there's an optimism there that's coming from all of this, you know, and it's very encouraging to see this kind of, you know, facing life on its arms. I'm seeing a lot of and I'm really encouraged by this because what is what it's showing is we are evolving. You know, we are growing. We are becoming much more aware of what love does feel like and what it doesn't feel like and really getting clear about what's right and what's wrong. Yes, it's a shaky road. It's a messy road. And, you know, a lot of fighting, a lot of bickering and, you know, families breaking up and, you know, families coming back together, but in different configurations, you know, and, 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 and different uh, allies and um, friends. And, and so it's a very, very interesting time to be alive. It's a very, um, it's, a, it's a refinery, you know, it's like a soul refinery. We have these periods uh, throughout history, you know, if you were alive during the Crusades, if you were alive during, you know, the Great Inquisition that came right after that. Um, and, you know, if you were alive during the slave trade and we carry all of these things, you know, in us you know, in the material form that the soul uses to incarnate as that's regenerated over and over again through Mother Earth. Just as cosmically, everything is regenerated through the black hole, the eternal womb, the vortex. And so we have this as above, below going on. And it's such a fascinating, fascinating thing. Okay, so what do I do, guest? I have somebody who wants to 
join me. Go ahead. What do I do? Hello. How you doing, Tammy? I'm doing good. How are you, Martin? I'm glad you figured that out. I'm like, come on, you can get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I had my phone completely flipped over just talking, just talking, oh, and, and yeah. then I, I'm glad I flipped it over and saw you. Martin. Yeah, because I've been here for a minute. There's been like, but I'm really glad that I sat down and like, I, I, I got it because uh, I mean, you. So, <clears throat> uh, I'm your first guest. Is my guest? Yes, you are. Oh well, I'm 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 honored. Um, and you can change, so you know, like, you currently have your guest set for five minutes. I don't know if you know that. In your settings on your profile, you'll be able to change how long I can talk, up to an hour. Um, but I would really love to kind of chime in on uh, love, evolution, and all of this. Like, I think you're, I think you're, you're, you're spot on, and, and, I, and I really appreciate what you're offering in terms of, you know, we've been in a time... Uh, kind of managed by logic for very for a very long time, like the Crusades, the Inquisition, and and uh, the slave trade. All of that was like really driven by the logic part of our kind of evolution. Um, and I look at you know I look at evolution of people uh, from you know when we when we kind of first emerged, we were very instinctually driven and now we're moving into a more feminine spiritual brain um and as that as that starts to mature we become more yielding and and i think that you know love is going to be not so defined as it is now right like love looks a certain way today and I think what's happening is love is starting to shift, right? Like the way we experience love is shifting to maybe not look and be defined in the same way that we always have defined it. Where it's, um, and I think this is where you know we open up to um, unconditional self-love, so that we can unconditionally love another. Beautifully, beautifully spoken. Well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, love, like, like, um, I, you know, like I am, you know, non-monogamous only because I don't find it healthy to force another person to abide by a wish of mine. Like, if I were to get into a relationship and ask somebody to be monogamous, then I am placing a rule on a life of another person, and I don't feel that's an ethical approach to relationship. They can, but I don't ask that. And um, I I also don't want, you know, I don't want people to put rules on me, um, although... You know, like that. So, like all of these sorts of like old rules of what love looked like, and like you love one person. Um, well, really, like in my life, I tell people like I can tell you because you're a human being and I'm connected with you. And if I am quiet, I can connect with your heart 
And I can easily and without reservation say, I love you. Because love is so ubiquitous and it is everywhere that we look. And when I can be present with my love, then I can offer it to you. And when I can be present with my love and not want you to see me, but to see love, then you get the opportunity to see yourself through me. And yes. we can we can we can share ourselves in an intimate way without having to have it look like an expectation of what it's supposed to be. Well, I think that you're making the distinction for us this evening with what does love feel like, Martin John, because it feels like what it feels like when you're in that space of offering and in that space of receiving, not so much what it looks like. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like love can look like murder. Yes, it can. And so it, it, you, we can't we can't pin love down to look a certain way because everybody me ba- looks get different. Get back on here because it's going down to one. Okay. Awesome. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, guys! I'm just learning. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Okay, we're gonna let Brian Alves on here. Okay, we're gonna let you um, finish, Mark John. We have somebody after you, but I didn't want to cut you off in the middle of your sentence. No, absolutely. I was, I was, I was, I was good. You had asked me to come back on, so I came back on, so I can duck out real quick. So um, you're I'll change that setting. I'll oh yeah, change, yeah, of yeah. course. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we're we're all here. We're, we're this is teamwork makes the dream work. Oh, <laughs> you know. So, um, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to say, uh, and another thing is like, you know. When and, and I just wanted to chime in on this, like with you like feeling a little nervous or with you feeling like apologetic, that's a lot of anxiety that's coming and and there is fear there, right? Fear of being seen a certain way or whatever, and that is that comes from and we all need to love ourselves more, right? We because there is always more love that we can give ourselves. Right? Like there's always more. We will right. never, we, we cannot as human beings, at least yet, love ourselves to the extreme level of unconditional love as it exists. But when we see that, oh, I'm triggered, I'm feeling nervous, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling something, we can step back from that once we're done and ask ourselves, how can I love myself? Where can I love myself to allow this to be? Because it's okay to not know something. But if we don't allow ourselves to be okay with not knowing it, that means that we're withholding love from ourselves, which means it's capable for us to withhold love from another person. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the more that we're able to stay in that space, like you said, of just being open and and, and compassionate with ourselves to be aware that, hey, I know I have some limitations, but I'm open to seeing what they are so that I can experience more love. Then that's exactly what happens. That's right. And it's not easy. No, it's not. But it's the like, what else are we here doing? 
Exactly. Right? What else is there to do? <laughs> Tammy, That's thank you so much for having me on. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more from you because uh, you're bright and I really love what you have to offer. Thanks, Martin John. Take care. Hi, Brian. We have Brian Alves or Alvarez. Alvarez. Three, two, one. What's up, Tammy? Hey, doing good. How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Love this app. Love the title of your room or whatever you call these things. I have no idea what they're calling wisdom. Oh, but, that's um, Clubhouse. Yeah. Uh, yeah what are we it. calling it? I don't know. Just I feel like we're in a dark room. You're sitting on a stool. There's a spotlight in you, spotlight on me. I scroll through, skip through, and there's this empty seat. I'm going to sit next to you and chit-chat while you're talking. So there you go. You must be psychic. You must be psychic. (laughs) (laughs) So what does love feel like? Hmm. That's interesting. I don't think... I was just listening to the last guy. Um, He kind of had some good points there, but I didn't get the full conversation. But to me, I don't really think love is even a feeling. I don't think it's a feeling. I think it's an action. Hmm. Yeah. So you don't feel love? Uh, I feel, I, I guess what you feel is what comes when people take action and then you start having those feelings. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. Brian. Yeah. Yeah. So what so does it feel like to you? What does it feel like to me? Well, mm-hmm. it feels warm. It feels appreciative. It feels like, you know, um, like you belong. And, yeah. and that's what that's what love feels like to me. You know, it's funny because I was watching this. I don't know if you've if you watch Netflix, but you know, the weekend was filled with binging network Netflix to some extent. And I'm really hooked on this show called Love on the Spectrum. Have you have you heard of it? I don't know. Tell me about it. Yeah, so it's called Love on the Spectrum, and it follows five or six people who have autism. You know, they're on the spectrum, and they're trying to. Um, they're trying to find a soulmate. And people on this program, I mean, the, the people who produced it, the producers, are absolutely phenomenal in what they did because you can see genuine, pure love coming out from these individuals. It is just raw, unadulterated, no distractions, no... no no influence from the outside. They want to love someone. And when they finally find someone, they, they and I hate to say they, I hate to kind of say like they, them. Um, but people with, you know, individuals with autism, I guess is the right way to say it. But they come out and you can actually see that they truly, genuinely love someone else. And when they do, the individual that they're with, of course, is on the spectrum as well. You can see that they are filled with love, and it's it's absolutely phenomenal. You should check it out, Tim. I can see why you would say that based on your uh, description of the whole kind of deal there. I can see why you would say that, Brian, because it, it would convey to me they make you feel like you belong they have like this kind of love that they're self-accepting and that they would just accept someone else with just that big heart and make them just smuggle up and belong yeah yeah, it's magnified everything is magnified on this show it's just you you have to watch it because it's just so so um 
it's right in your face. You, you just cannot miss it. And it's funny at times. It's sad at times. It's it's really good. But um, again, action. Love is to me an action. And when someone performs an action, such as you know being patient with you, being kind with you, not being envious with you, not boasting, not you know pride, being proud, dishonoring you, you know, someone who's also all you know always self-seeking. Mm-hmm. or angry at you that is not love okay um but it's patient kind not envious it doesn't boast it's not proud and when people are like that with you that's true love and what comes from that when when someone plants those seeds in a relationship whether it's male female whatever when someone plants those seeds uh and takes that action how you receive that on your end is how you respond and that's what then that's how you feel i mean yeah you, you feel that you feel that you know that hey yeah love is a verb love is a verb yes i love it that's what i wanted to say so i have 23 more seconds i i actually followed you and um that is your dose of brian for today welcome to the app i, I would i would come back up and kind of walk you around a bit but uh, i don't know how many other people you have down there but I have 10 seconds. I'm going to say welcome to the app. Have a lot of fun. This is good stuff and very good topic. Keep it up. Nice being you, Tammy. Thanks for stopping by, Brian. I have to follow you. Thank you. All right. How cool is that? You know, people just sharing what love feels like, you know, and we have this kind of collective understanding that love is about being in a place of self-love where you can accept love and so just generally speaking that is kind of the feedback you know that we're getting about what love feels like you know it's definitely a connection it's definitely being able to own space very strongly you know and that's why those boundaries are so important right so that you can and 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 I haven't seen the show but I know um, from experience artistic people have very clear and strong boundaries about what they will and what they will not tolerate and um, that's important you know to be able to experience love you know because without strong boundaries then we can experience more of the qualities that Brian was talking about. You know, we can experience a lot of the, um, you know, the the clap back of just negativity, you know, people speaking harshly and, you know, people not respecting and, um, you know, your space and who you are and dismissing and being dismissive and disregarding. Who you, and, you know, we just experience a lot more of that. You know, that's a natural part of being in the world. But the degree to which we experience it is solidly based on our personal boundaries. Okay. All right. So this has been fantastic. Um, Thanks so much for joining us for this conversation about what love feels like. I want to um, offer to you that 
this this space that we're in right now collectively looking at self-love and really kind of reassessing where we are and where we have been is something that is such a privilege you know it's such a privilege to be able to do because it takes time right it takes space and even though we may have been coerced into it due to uncontrollable circumstances it is a privilege still to be able to access those parts of ourselves where we can you know join together in groups like this and talk about things like what does love feel like can you imagine you know your parents our parents our grandparents talking about what does love feel like you know so in everything there is a beautiful silver lining and that's what love feels like you know it feels like whatever is happening now in my life i can see it in the eyes of love you know i can experience it as a dearly loved divine child of the great mother father god what is it telling me it's not going to destroy me it's not going to make me less than i am because that's not possible i'm a divine child the only way it can be possible is if my boundaries are not keeping that kind of shame blame and guilt where it needs to be not at bay but where it needs to be not because i'm afraid but where it needs to be and where it needs to be is way 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 down our list of priorities in terms of the energy that we choose to exchange and engage with these are really really big decisions that we make in life and again that many of us are being coerced into making now so if you are in a relationship you're in a situation whether it be at work be personally where you're having to make some serious relationship decisions and you're feeling coerced into going into a direction that doesn't feel like love i urge you to assert your divinity identity and just ask just self inquire what is this situation trying to show me and expect an answer to come to you with clarity balance and confirmation to you and for you as a divine child through your angels your guides and your ancestors that love you dearly just waiting just whistling just whistling sitting in the room ain't being asked to do help nothing just 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 sitting up there just waiting for you, you know some kind of oh yeah i'm i'm here watching over you you know you never saw me in this lifetime but i was with you two or three lifetimes ago and before that we was together 50 lifetimes but we chill in this lifetime because you need to deal with this over here and i'm dealing with this over here while i'm watching over you you get it and you will feel loved thank you so much for sharing with us this evening and you guys are such wonderful wonderful loving energy 
I want to just let you know that above all and most of all, remember, Great Mother loves you, and I do too. Great Mother speaks. I am Great Mother, Holy Spirit, Yin, Divine Mother, Cosmic Moon, Deep Space, the Moon, Dark Matter, the Void, the Black Hole, Atar, Isis, Diana, Mahishtar.